the story takes place in January of 2023. For context, I was a 23-year-old woman at the time. At this time, winter break had just come to an end, meaning I would have to make the two-hour drive back to college. Furthermore, I was driving from the Chicago suburbs to a more rural area. When I left on my trip, the sun was just beginning to set. The first hour of my trip went by with ease, but then I got a warning on my car. It said, engine overheating. Now, I really don't know jack shit about cars. However, I know enough to know that this wasn't good. So I drove a little further to look for an exit. I ended up at a pretty busy gas station that was well lit. I waited about 30 minutes in hopes that my car would just cool down and be fine. During this time, I tried restarting my car, but with no luck. I also noticed some smoke coming from my engine, and I knew this wasn't good either. While unsure of what to do, I called my dad. He mentioned that I should call for a tow truck. However, I was determined to get back. At this point, I was only about 45 minutes away from my destination, which was a dumb idea. Despite this, I tried to start up the car again, and sure enough, it turned over, so I got back on the road. I made it a couple of miles on the highway. Suddenly, the same warning popped up, and a sinking feeling filled my body. I pulled over at the next exit to a 24-hour Casey's gas station, but this gas station was in a spooky location. To paint a picture of the scene, it was located in Bumblefuck, Illinois, meaning there was nothing there but cornfields. These cornfields were extra daunting because they were a dark abyss. There were no streetlights, house lights, or really anything to illuminate the surrounding area. The only light was the dimly lit gas station. Now, this kind of freaked me the hell out, because if something was lurking in the dark, I really wouldn't have been able to see it coming. Anyway, I got a couple of snacks from the gas station, locked myself in the car, and called AAA for a tow. During this time, I sat in my car waiting and being hyper-vigilant of all of my surroundings. I take note of each car that drives up to the gas station. Also, I look at each person entering and leaving the gas station too. I make it known that I'm paying attention. Anyway, I noticed this silver sedan pull to the right of me. I noticed a tall man in one of the neon green industrial safety vests. He went into the gas station and it exited. Following this, he just drove away. About 20 minutes later, out of the corner of my eye, I then saw someone approaching my window. I see a man in a neon green industrial safety vest. At first, my brain had just assumed it was the tow truck driver due to the safety vest, so I rolled down my window. As I did this, it had registered that I had seen the same man earlier. With my window open to crack, he just says, Hey, I just wanted to say I saw you and you're cute as fuck. Without saying anything back, I just rolled up my window. I just felt that something wasn't right. Why would this guy go up to the gas station, leave, and then return 20 minutes later? And he seemingly came back just to approach me. I had a sinking feeling in my gut that something wasn't right. So I called my dad. He recommended that I call the non-emergency line for the police. 
I was really hesitant at first because I didn't want to waste their time, but he urged me to do so, so I did. They showed up and they waited for my toe to show up. I know this isn't the creepiest of stories, but it was suspicious and unsettling at the very least. I mean, given the fact that I was a petite woman all alone late at night surrounded by nothing but dark fields, I have no way of knowing whether he had more nefarious intentions. But I'm very thankful I trusted my gut and remained cautious. I say that to say, ladies, always be aware of your surroundings. It's important to take note of your surroundings at all times. The truth of the matter is that there are very scary people with dark intentions in this world. And to the guys out there, please consider where you approach women. If she's alone at night or in a parking lot, it's probably not a good idea. It may come off as creepy, and you might find yourself featured as the main character of someone else's scary story. So think about it. I'm a female, and back in January of 2022, just a couple of months before I turned 20, I used to live in a weird part of town. I live in a pretty safe country, however, there was a homeless shelter nearby. But for the most part, the most that would happen is that a couple of the homeless crackheads would ask for cigarettes or yell racial slurs at me. Luckily, I no longer live there anymore. Anyways, one night I decided to go to the gym. I had just finished a paper for an exam I had for my sophomore year of college, and I had turned it in, and I really wanted to get out of the house for a bit. So I packed my gym stuff and made my way out the door. For reference, I lived about a 15 minute walk away from the gym. I would have to walk down my street, and then I had three options. I could either go down the road to walk past the homeless shelter, go down a dark path with a bunch of trees, or down a road which led to the train station. All of these would take me to the gym in pretty much the same amount of time. Anyways, as I left my house, I saw a man stumbling up ahead. He decided to sit down next to the bus stop on a bench. I immediately got a bad vibe from him and decided I would walk around him and give him a wide berth just in case. He was probably just drunk and needed to sit down, but I still wanted to be safe. Sure enough, as I walked around him, he gets up and he starts to walk behind me after I passed him. Fuck, I thought. This guy was probably going to follow me now. I decided to speed up and I periodically looked to my left so that way I could see him from my peripheral without him suspecting that I was on to him. As I'm approaching the end of the street where I have to decide what way I want to go, I hear a sound from him. I turn around and I then see he's got a fucking knife. I start picking up the pace and I decide to go across the street and go down the road that would take me to the train station. It was the most well-lit, and I no way in hell was going to go down the other paths. I started running when I crossed the street, and sure enough, he starts running too. But thank God two cars came from down the road I just got on, and they both stopped near me because of a red light. I crossed the street again to get to the more well-lit part of the street, and when I turned around, the man had stopped running, but he was now giving me the most evil fucking stare ever. He dead ass then stomped his foot right on the ground 
and he then sat on the sidewalk like he just lost a game or something. I ran the rest of the way to the gym, and I ended up calling my mom. She sent me some money for a cab, and I ended up just taking a cab to get back to my apartment after the gym. Moral of the story, listen to your gut, and please, no matter what country you live in, especially as a girl, don't go to places alone at night if you really don't have to. It's just not worth it, and I was really dumb for going out in the first place. I'm now a lot more picky whenever I choose to go outside, even though I do live in a safer area now. In the winter of 2015, I'd started dating a guy who we'll call Austin. I knew very little about him besides that he only had one serious relationship, and as cliche as it sounded at the time, he kept telling me that she was crazy. Now, usually this means that the person calling the other ex-partner crazy is the real crazy one. So I decided to tread lightly, but still decided to enjoy my new relationship, as I only had one serious relationship prior as well, and in general just enjoyed the company. At the time I got into our relationship, I got a friend request on Facebook from a girl. Let's call her Ashley. I didn't think much of it as she lived in the same town as me and had plenty of mutuals, so I added her back. In the next coming days, I would get multiple messages from her stating how she was Austin's ex and that he had been really abusive towards her physically and mentally, and it sent me screenshots of a local court case pending because of his abuse. It was at this time I started feeling uneasy in my relationship. And when I brought my concerns to Austin, he had explained to me that Ashley had done the same exact thing in the past to her ex, and that her ex had even reached out to him to warn him as well in the same manner, and that if I had doubts in believing him, he was willing to even go as far as to invite me along to witness the court case that she had mentioned. Due to the stress, all of this information caused me to break up with Austin the day before the court case. As someone with a strong sense of justice, I just felt guilty because I felt like I was siding with a possible abuser or narcissist and I could have been easily manipulated. Out of curiosity and to ease my own mind on what was happening in my relationship, I decided to still go to the courthouse to witness the case proceedings. Ashley didn't even show up to court and after three different court dates which I showed up for all, she never showed up and the case was eventually dropped. We ended up getting back together a few days later and resumed the relationship now that I felt that he may have been telling the truth. Unfortunately, he was right. About a month or two later, I got an Instagram notification really late at night from his ex. At the time, I didn't know her handle, so I went to the page that followed me to follow them back, and I was horrified to discover that it was my boyfriend's ex and that she had dyed her hair blonde to my hair color and that she had started dressing surprisingly similar to me as well, which was a stark contrast to her style before. I showed Austin this, and he had reiterated that he had told me how Ashley was crazy, and this is why he broke up with her, but secretly he was really relieved that I finally believed him. From there, it was a constant that she would online stalk, harass, and use psychological abuse tactics to get me to show any sign of a reaction towards her. Over the next few months, I blocked many different fake accounts that would send me random messages that were almost always leaning towards negative comments about my body intelligence or my facial features, as I have native features and many perceive this as manly features. 
Eventually, to feel some sense of control over the situation, I had made a fake Instagram account to keep an eye on Ashley and for me to keep a record of her using the same poses, expressions, and clothing as me, even though I made all of my accounts private, which means that she still somehow had access to my content, and many people actually said that I was overthinking it at first. That is, until multiple photos Ashley had posted really reflected ones I posted just days before she did. And when putting some of the photos side by side, they looked almost eerily identical. She even went as far as to get the same piercings as me, and any piercing I got after that, she got as well. To top it all off, Ashley got a dog of the same breed as my friend's dog because she believed the dog was mine. And shortly after figuring out that the dog wasn't mine, by only tagging the owner in the pictures of the dog I posted, she got rid of the dog. And because up until this point, all of her stalking was online, I was pretty convinced her actions were out of jealousy that I was dating Austin, and she would eventually get tired of messing with me and move on to another fixation. And I tried to show no reaction, even though it took a toll on my mental health. Things were quiet for a couple of months, until one day Austin was away on a trip, but due back the next day. I had heard someone come into my apartment around 9am, and then put their keys down on the table, which made me wake up because I was so tired, and I decided it was safe to say it was probably my boyfriend, and he would understand me sleeping in. I then heard the person shuffle down the hallway and then come into the bedroom, and I then heard them turn on the light, but because I was tired, I immediately threw the blanket right over to cover my face, and then I just said, You're home early. The response I got back was, Mm-hmm. Before they went into my bathroom and then closed the door. Sometime after that, I woke up again to someone leaving the apartment, and as they were locking my front door, this had fully caught my attention. From there, I saw every room in my house was gone through. My dresser drawers were open, my dirty laundry was missing, my jewelry was rummaged through, and some pieces were taken, including an emerald ring my mom had given me 10 years prior for my birthday. At this point, I knew that it had to be Ashley because nothing worth money was missing from the apartment. All of these suspicions were confirmed when I logged into my Insta and she was wearing my ring, which was on the same finger I would wear it on, by the way. And she was even wearing my clothes not even a day after the incident occurred. I ended up making a police report, but after talking with her, the police had told me that she had got these things from a friend and that they couldn't really do anything further until talking with her friend, and I never heard back from the police. For a while, the stalking really seemed to end, until one night my boyfriend got a call from his job that his now ex is now his manager, and she had told them that after being hired how abusive my boyfriend was. This particular situation made me realize that she had applied there intentionally, and after a while of nitpicking his work, had gotten him fired for supposedly missing money from his till, but I can't in full faith believe that he would have done that. And after four long years of being stalked, harassed, and backed into a corner, I broke up with my boyfriend. But it sadly didn't even stop there. People that I was friends with online would message me and tell me they were happy to finally meet me and almost didn't recognize me. But talking with them further... I realized Ashley was not correcting people when they would refer to her by my name and talk about herself as if she was me, even talking about Austin as if they had just dated. 
In the end, I decided to legally change my name to try and end this crazy cycle of anxiety and frustration. Shortly after, she started publicly wanting to go by a new name similar to the one I changed mine to. I then drop a letter in my three-letter name and then say my name backwards, and that is what she's going by now. So unfortunately, seven years after making the mistake of dating this guy, I still feel the lingering effects of the crazy ex he had aforementioned. And even though I'm sure she's moved on to another victim, for many years she took my hobby, style, name, clothes, identity, as well as the cheap sterling silver ring my mother gave me that was worth nothing to anyone but me. This did teach me one lesson though, to authentically be myself because no one can replicate you. She may have tried to parallel my life, but she will never experience it like I do. So even after the torment, I still feel that I won. To Ashley, you crazy bitch. I hope to never encounter you again for as long as I live. The week before Thanksgiving can really be hectic for nearly everyone. It's easy to lose focus on your safety and surroundings with all the stress and lists floating through my head for what I needed to buy and things that I needed to do. I make it my strict policy if I visit the ATM at a bank or grocery shop or to get gas to get it done in the daylight, and I'll always go with my sister with whom I live with. We have a Kroger grocery store as well as others conveniently super close to our house. Now, I'm a 5'5 female, and my sister's only 4'11 tall, but we have good security habits and really watch where we park and make it close by. We always keep an eye on crime in our area with an app for that, and we watch we're not followed routinely, and that's nothing new. We had to help our elderly neighbor out, so we found ourselves uncharacteristically shopping after dark with the recent time change. We remind each other to keep our guard up as we parked by the door pretty closely. We noticed hardly anyone had ventured out because of a sudden change of weather that made it cold and half raining. We darted into the vast store and my sister was buying anything either of us needed while my basket was just for our neighbor. She needed a lot, so we both began at the first aisle and skipped none of them. We know the store and we fairly quickly struck many items off her list and ours, and we moved on fairly efficiently. I had noted an unusually tall black man with super long dreadlocks who had entered after my sister had first picked up the basket, and who was behind us had now passed us up. We then rounded the second aisle. Now he comes straight at me, eyes locked into mine. I figured since he had no basket and he just wanted to grab a few quick items that he was looking for, but his eyes lingered on mine, and I sort of acknowledged his presence and just continued shopping. He then disappeared around another corner, and I kept filling up the basket. My sister was only a few seconds behind my moves, as she hadn't seen him yet. As I rounded the corner, he had circled back, as if to say, Hey, where'd you go? He then saw that we were right there, rounding the next corner. Now, Super Kroger's are huge with a deli and bakery, as well as produce and pharmacy and pretty much everything. He didn't miss one aisle. I know this because we didn't. When I got into the last one, I had veered into produce for lettuce and tomatoes on my neighbor's list, and I saw him move to the front of the store. 
Suddenly I saw two other men were with him, and like him, had been there separated from him, but were all together and now rejoined him. I then concentrated on the last of our list, and I then bet that he'd move through self-checkout. I wanted to have the one lone older woman check us out because it's just a real pain to self-check out with a stuffed basket. Both of ours were full. We then carefully scanned as we moved toward the exit, and the three men were clearly gone. I then worried that I may see them outside. Luckily, we didn't. We quickly moved to the spot that I knew I parked at, and threw all of hers into the trunk and ours in the back seat, hurrying and watching, and all was well. We then locked up and sped away, both knowing that we dodged a bullet because he was clearly honest the whole time, literally, as well as his two friends. Now, we wear our purses crossbody routinely and under the coat in the winter, so it wasn't so easy to just swipe either of our purses. We knew exactly where we'd parked, so never hesitated getting to our car, and we were together, and we're both concealed carry holders as well, so I was really glad about that. I won't let that time change sneak up on me again. But what are people to do? I mean, it gets dark here at 5 p.m. nightly, and it's hard just to get home and out to a store, and it's black dark. I really think that he thought the many times he backtracked to bump into us was really meant to scare us or intimidate us, because anyone would have realized he was following us around. But we always kept our cool and looked him right in his eyes every time we encountered him. So be safe out there and always remember to pleasantly acknowledge a person's presence, just so they know you realize you know what they look like. Like the police mascot the crime dog used to say, don't be scared, be prepared. Well, we try to prepare with our game plan of action and our concealed carry, and the resulting confidence can alone prevent you from being a victim. Think about it, and stay safe everyone. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always stay.